Welcome to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's Body Life Pastor Terrence Ford. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, it reads, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same. That through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to continue on. Three verses, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But at all points we're tempted just as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore boldly come before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. You may be seated in the presence of God. I read this text sometimes last year as I was reading through the scriptures and I knew when I read it I was going to preach it the next time Pastor Chris gave me opportunity or whenever another opportunity opened for me. So he called me a month or so ago and told me he wanted me to preach. And I said, thank you, Pastor. I'll, I'll be happy to stand in your place. And, and as time was drawing near, sometime last week, I was walking around the house. Didn't know what subject I was going to talk about. And as I was walking around the house, I was singing an old song. An old song that, that started resonating with me from what I heard when I was a child being raised in church, wasn't saved then, I was drugged to church, amen. How many of you were drugged? But I remember they used to sing a song in the old Baptist church that I grew up in, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. We would go on and say, there is healing, healing, wonder-working healing in the blood. Of the Lamb, there is healing, healing, wonder-working healing in the precious blood of the Lamb. And, and then I, it came to me that I wanted to talk today about wonder-working power. Wonder-working power. As a matter of fact, who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jesus' wonder-working power. How praises I believe that one misconception that many of us as believers have at least had or at least thought of, and some may even believe it, is this notion of dualism. The notion of dualism that we serve an all-powerful God, and this is not where we are at. That is the absolute truth. Our God is, I'm 
omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's, he's omnipresent. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's everywhere at the same time. In Genesis, everything he said came to fruition. He owns the cattle upon a thousand hills, the scripture says. The scripture says the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. Amen. He made an I am statement when the Roman soldiers came to pick him up and they fell back at the glory that came from the I am statement that he made. When he met his disciples after his resurrection, he said all authority, where? Heaven. And earth has been given unto me. All exousia in the Greek. This word in the Greek simply means authority, mastery, potentate, ruler, sovereignty, jurisdiction. In other words, now that I've mastered the earth realm, I'm proof that I have jurisdiction over everything in the earth realm pertaining to your life. Some of our issues, though, is dualism that there is not only an all-powerful God, but there is also a co-equal enemy. This is far from the truth, brothers and sisters. The devil has no power. And everything he has is temporary. I'll say that again. I don't care what you're going through in your life. I don't care how many failures you've had in your life. I don't care what temptations the enemy is tempting you with. Yield not to temptation. Being tempted is not sinning. You live long enough, all of us going to be tempted. We all think stuff we're not supposed to think sometimes. It's when you yield to the temptation that it becomes sin. But all that the devil has, you need to notice today, is that the little that the devil has is temporary and it's limited. The Bible says that he goes about as, it gives us a simile, he goes about as a roaring lion. It didn't say he was a roaring lion, he goes about as. A roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He does not possess in his nature the omnis, the all that our God has. Satan is not everywhere at the same time. He's not all powerful. He's not all knowing. No, he's not. Amen. So understand this, that there is not a war between heaven and hell. Satan has been defeated from the very beginning. When he said to himself, I will, I will, I will, five times in the book of Isaiah. He was defeated because in Luke's gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, when they came back boasting in an arrogance of pride, Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. Jesus said, don't boast about that. Yeah. He said, I've seen this before. You caught up in too much pride and pride goes before the fall. Rather boast that your names have been written. In heaven, and he says right after the statement, and I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So, church, rather than there being a war between heaven and hell, Jesus says, on Calvary, on Golgotha, in Aramaic, the place of the skull, you can't tell me that the battleground is not between our ears. Jesus, at this place of spiritual warfare, at its highest, exemplifies for us a seven-letter word, Victory. Come on, somebody. Victory. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I want to stop and pause for the cause and parenthetically insert something into somebody's mind today that if you are blood bought in this room today, that if you are purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, brother, sister, you have victory. Amen. Amen. 
you have victory. Hallelujah. God wants you to know today that it wasn't when Joseph of Arimathea took him down from the cross and wrapped him in burial clothes that he had victory. It wasn't when he placed him in his new tomb that Jesus received victory. Jesus said, while hanging on Calvary, on Golgotha, three words, it is finished. Not as a sign of defeat, but as a victor. It is finished. He suffered. He bled. He died. And he rose from the grave victoriously and went back to heaven and seated himself at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah, somebody. In other words, saints of God, he beat the devil with an old bloody back called Calvary. But now, watch this, don't miss this. What we're living in, this dispensation of grace, we're living in, catch this, the delegated authority, power of Jesus Christ upon our lives and in us. Acts 1 and 8, after you have received the Holy Ghost, you shall have what? Power. To continue to defeat the enemy of our faith, Jesus paid the ultimate price And you need to know today, we can't increase upon the blood of Christ. It's already been shed. It's already been given. Has all the power to do everything we'll ever need it to do. Amen. Our temporary dilemma as the body of Christ, notice I said temporary because I believe we're going to fix this problem in this church today. Amen. Our temporary dilemma is understanding that the Bible was written by believers, to believers, for believers. Ooh, y'all ready for this? I'm so excited. (laughs) So the only way I can get the promises the Bible talks about is when I become the Christian the Bible talks about. I think I said that too fast. Let me stop and rewind and say it again. The Bible was written by believers, to believers, for believers. So the only way I can get the promises that the Bible talks about is when I become the Christian the Bible talks about. Ooh, Jesus. Oh, y'all better hear me in this place today. What? This, this presents a problem because unfortunately in America there's a misunderstanding of what it means to be a Christian. And I've preached this for the last 20-something years of my life. And I've said it from this pulpit three or four times. There's a difference between being saved and being transformed. <laughs> a lot of folks are getting saved, but everybody's not being transformed into his glorious image. Amen, somebody. Because some assume in America that being a Christian means liking Christ. But just because I like Christ a lot doesn't mean I'm Christ-like. The challenge then is this, which Christ am I like? Because there's two of them. Oh, y'all are quiet on me. Don't kick me out the synagogue. I know what I'm talking about today. There's two of them. There's the Jesus in the Bible and there's the Jesus in my head. I know I'm talking right. Hallelujah, somebody. There's the Jesus in the Bible and the Jesus in my head, and the two are not always alike because the one in my head likes what I like, loves what I love, hates who I hate, doesn't like who I love. Come on, somebody. That's the Jesus in my head, and they might be different than the Jesus in the Bible. We all have to have a day of reckoning where we're willing to be challenged to go beyond our previous revelations of who Christ is to us and what it means to be a Christian. 
I'm not talking about the basic fundamental rudiments of the gospel. I'm not talking about the basics of Christianity. We know, hallelujah, that Jesus suffered, bled, died, rose from the grave. I'm not talking about that. That's not going to change. That's going to stay the same. I'm not talking about Romans Road. I'm not, I'm not talking about for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I'm not talking about, amen, hallelujah, somebody, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. That's going to stay the same. But what I am talking about is like a, a tulip. The core is going to stay solid and the same, but sometimes petals fall off. Peter had this problem on that old dusty road walking with Jesus. Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter, but God did. Thou art Peter Petros, a piece of the rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And, and they kept walking, and Jesus takes a quick right turn, and Peter kept straight a little bit. And Jesus says, I'm about to be crucified. And Peter says, if all else fail, Jesus, we're not going to let that happen. And Jesus says, get thee hence, Satan. Why? Peter was not willing to go beyond his previous revelation, that he was Christ, son of the living God. But where Jesus turns, you got to turn with Jesus and go with him all the way. Amen. There's no straying from what Jesus says. Hallelujah, somebody. And so, which Jesus am I following? Because if I live like him, I can live like him. Did you hear what I said? If I live like him, I can live like him. I'm, I'm telling you today that, that we serve an amazing God. Jesus is so amazing as he disciples us because he teaches us the difference between Judas and Peter, amen, how to deal with the two of them differently. Judas had a bad heart, but Peter had a bad day. You get rid of Judas, but you restore Peter. Somebody better hit me in this room today. Yeah, Jesus teaches us everything I need to know in his word. And in our text today, we see the how. What Christ did was accomplished. We already know the why. Everybody in this room know why Christ did what he did. Come on, do it. Say it with me. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him but have everlasting life. That's the why. But how he did it is what mesmerizes me. Hallelujah. The only way I can sum it up is it's the wonder-working power of Jesus every day of my life, all day, hallelujah, every day since I got saved, since 1994, I'm here to tell somebody 28 years later, it is still the wonder-working power of Jesus Christ because the scripture says, in him do I live and move and have my being. <sighs> So, so in our text today, Hebrews chapter 2, and as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, because, see, we're flesh and blood, we're human beings. Watch this. Jesus also became flesh and blood. He became a human. He, he, he didn't leave his deity to become a human, but he brought his deity from heaven down to earth and wrapped himself in flesh. Like you and I. 
And in, 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 in theological studies, Pastor Evan has talked about it. I've preached it before. It's called the hypostatic union, where he's 100% God and, and 100% man in the same temple without the God touching the man and without the man touching the God. But that's who God is. Amen. Yeah, he, he, he did this for us so that we would, he would break the power of death, who at that time, Satan thought he owned it. Amen. But how many of you know Satan don't own anything? Verse 15, and release those who through fear. We sing a song in our church there. I'm no longer slave to fear, but I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Well, here Jesus sets free everybody who lives their life in fear of death. And Jesus wants you to know you have nothing to worry about. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. And then he goes on, verse 16. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels. Who did Christ do this for? He didn't do it for angels. Jesus suffered, bled, and died for you and I, the descendants of who? Abraham. Verse 17. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and, and come on somebody you better read this text amen it's so powerful it's, it's, it's in the text hallelujah somebody it says that he might become he might become remember I'm talking about the how Jesus did it Christ was made like us in every respect mm. he had to touch our flesh by becoming flesh so that he could faithfully stand as our high priest before God Mm-hmm. To make what? Propitiation. That's what the scripture says. So that he could offer a sacrifice that would please God and take away my sins. Take away your sins. In other words, Jesus was the means by which you and I are saved. It took his sacrifice on Calvary. Verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is now able to aid those who are tempted. Jesus did all of this to help us when you and I are tempted. Hallelujah. You see, church, we were messed up. Some of you, you're too shameful to tell the truth and shame the devil. Amen. But I know where I came from. I was messed up. Amen. And I needed to be fixed. And I inherited my issues from Adam. Amen. Adam messed up in the Garden of Eden. And Adam tried to fix what he where he messed up at and he failed and, and he tried to fix it by doing what? Adam ran to a fig tree and he, he took the leaves from the fig tree and, and, and tried to fix the problem. He tried to clothe himself with fig leaves. He tried to fix the problem. Well, here comes Jesus in what some theologians believe is about 4,000 years later from Adam and Jesus shows up and only curses one thing. He curses the fig tree. Because Jesus says, I'm going to get rid of every notion of you trying to fix yourself. If you want to be fixed from this point on, you got to come through me. You got to come through my blood. You got to come through Calvary. And that's the only way that you're going to be fixed from this point on. Somebody better give him some praise in this room. Hallelujah. Because Jesus says, if you come to me, I can fix you. You say, well, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my life story. You don't know. Yeah, but Jesus does. That's what the text just told us. 
And then in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Come on, somebody. Jesus wants you to know if you want to be whole, I'll make you whole. If you want to be healed, I'll make you healed. If you want to be complete, I'll make you complete. Stop trying to go to everybody else and come to Jesus. Amen, somebody. Somebody need to stop and pause for the cause and give our God some praise that we can come to him when we're at our lowest, when we're at our worst, when we're filthy and dirty. Amen, somebody. And we can say, Lord, here I am, and God will fix you just as you are. Then Hebrews chapter 4 comes along. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 16, seeing we then have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, our confession. And then he says, for we do not, verse 15, have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but at all points was tempted as we are, yet he was without what? Sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. Listen, somebody, Jesus knows. He knows, you see, you you see, in, in what Jesus did for us, watch this, don't miss this. None of us in this world can say, well, Lord, you just don't know what I'm going through. Lord, you you, you just don't know what it feels like. Jesus said, yes, I do. I touched your flesh. I became just like you so I can reckon with what you're going through. And so I know everything that you're going through. Amen. I know the temptations. I know the pains. I know the aches. I know the hurt. I know what it's like to be sick. I know it all, but I didn't sin in my flesh. And so I mastered the earth so that I can stand before God and watch this. Don't miss it. Represent you before the Father in heaven. Hallelujah, somebody. I want you to know today, church, that you don't have a problem that the Lord can't solve. Come on. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to know today you don't have a problem that the Lord can't solve. The miracle that dominates the Old Testament is the crossing of the Red Sea. Moses stands before the Red Sea and had nothing but a rod in his hand, and two million Israelites, two million Hebrews walked through on dry land. There were many miracles in the Old Testament, but that miracle dominates the Old Testament, but... The miracle that dominates the New Testament is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus suffered. Yes, he did. Jesus bled. Yes, he did. Jesus died. Yes, he did. But yes, he rose from the grave. Hallelujah. With all power in his hands. And I'm here to tell you today that many may fail you, but Jesus won't fail you. Many may let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. The only thing Jesus ever abandoned was an empty tomb. Somebody better praise him in this room today. But he will never abandon you. 
I don't care where you are. I don't care how low you are. Jesus will never abandon you. This is why we need to always celebrate our risen Christ. Amen. If you've been redeemed from the hands of the enemy, you ought to say so. How many blood-bought believers in this room today, God has snatched you from the hands of the devil, amen, and given you a new life. You need to stand on your feet and say, God, here am I. I'll be a witness. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for raising me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for making me new, God. And I'm going to bless your name because couldn't nobody do it but you. My spouse couldn't do it. My child couldn't do it. Amen. Soap. Come on, somebody. Couldn't do it. Dow couldn't do it. But the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody touched me and made me whiter than snow. Hallelujah. You can be seated for a moment. I'm not done yet. I'm almost there. So we need to always celebrate them. You need to know today who you are. Who we are is the body of Christ. We are the light of the world because of what Jesus did for us. We are a city on a hill. We are people of the word. We are salt and light. We are prophetic and not pathetic. We are disciples. We are witnesses. Come on, somebody. And Christ followers. We are apostles, evangelists, prophets, pastors, and teachers. We are children of the cross. We are fruit of the empty tomb and product of the upper room. Somebody need to praise him for that. We are redeemed of the Lord. We are sheep of his pastor. We are called and chosen. We are warriors and worshipers. We are world changers and history makers. We are not Google. We are not Microsoft. We are not Ford. We are not Starbucks. But we are children of Jesus Christ. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against you and I. Give him some praise in this room. Hallelujah. We are not first and foremost black, white, yellow, and brown. We are born again, blood-washed, spirit-empowered children of the living God. Look at somebody and tell them, I know who I am. <laughs> Look at somebody else and tell them, I know who I am. Come on, you got to dip with it. I know who I am. Y'all ain't dipping. Y'all just I know who I am. Come on. Look at somebody and say, I know who I am. Do you know who you are? In Christ Jesus, hallelujah. We need to understand that we are to live our Christian lives out. Watch this. By facts, by faith, and feelings last. Facts is God in his word and what he said in his word. That never changes. Faith is I'm standing and putting my faith in what God in his word says. And then I'm going to put my feelings at the end. Because if you're like me, some days you wake up and you don't feel safe. Uh, I'm the only one then, all right? Some days folk make you want to say something you shouldn't say. Some, some days folks make you want to lay hands. Not as the minstrel did when he laid hands on the woman here at the altar. I'm talking about another kind of laying hands, yeah. Sometimes you, you just don't feel it, amen, but, but I'm so glad that I'm not saved by how I feel. I'm saved by the finished works of Jesus Christ on Calvary, and that's concretive. That's solid. 
that'll never change. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to wake up daily and be driven by how I feel. I'm going to wake up daily and say, God, I don't feel it, but I thank you for your word that I'm saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah, somebody. I'm about to close, but a little boy was fishing. Little boy loved to go fishing, and the little boy had given his life to Christ, and little boy was sitting on the bank of the river fishing, and he had threw out his line, and he started singing a song that he learned in church, Because He Lives, Because He Lives. Little boy kept singing, Because He Lives, and an atheist walks up to him and says, hey, what's that you're singing? And he said, because he lives. The atheist said, who lives? The little boy said, Jesus lives. He said, where you hear that at? He said, I learned it in church. Because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Atheist says, how do you know he lives? He says, can you touch him? Can you, can you feel him? Can you, can you see him? And right about that time, as the atheist asked that question, the little boy's bob started bopping in the water. His, his cork started bopping in the water. You know, he had a bite on the line, in other words. And the little boy was looking at his cork bopping in the water, and the little boy turns to the atheist and said, Atheist, you know what? He said, salvation sometimes is like uh, fishing. Amen. He says, you know, it's like fishing sometimes, you know, because I know that fish is in the water, but I can't see that fish. I know the fish is in the water, but I can't touch that fish. I know the fish is in the water, but I can't, I can't feel that fish in the water. But, but you know what? I know the fish is there because I can feel them tugging on my line. And I don't know who I'm talking to in this room today. I'm not saved by how I feel, but every now and then, whoo, I thank God that I can feel God tugging on my line. I can feel them in the morning. I can feel them in the afternoon. I can feel them in the evening time. Hallelujah, somebody. You better give God some praise today. Hallelujah. That Jesus is real and Jesus has finished what you need in your life for the rest of your life on Calvary. It's done. It's finished. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. What? It is by Jesus's wonder working power. I've been forgiven of my sins. Stand on your feet with me today. I've been healed in my body. Some, some of you didn't been through so much. You should have been and lost your mind right now, but you're sane. You're still clothed in your right mind. You, 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 you got to celebrate Christ could be a lot worse but you're still here wonder working power wonder working power Jesus is wonder working power I'm saved by faith I'm saved by grace through faith and it's because of what Christ accomplished for you and I all over this room, can we just put our hands together and celebrate them? I'm like my brother. I'm like, if I start crying, it's over with. But boy, when I think back over my life, and I see all that he's brought me through. Old school folks used to say, my soul looks back in wonder. 
And I don't know about you, but I got a hallelujah. And I'm not going to let nothing stop my praise. I'm not going to let nothing stop my worship. I say this quite often, but, but the scriptures say it. If you hadn't been through much, you, you, you got a little praise. But for some of you in this room, you've been through a lot. And it shouldn't cause you to refrain. It should cause you to release more. Come on, come on. Come on. You're standing with me. Take a deep breath. Release. Let everything. Take a deep breath. Release. Let everything, everyone that have breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Scripture says it this way. It says, rejoice in the Lord always and again. <laughs> and again, I say rejoice. Do it again. You say, I just did it, Pastor. Do it again. I just did it. Do it again. See, see, when you understand how vast Jesus' love for you and, and all that he's done for you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory, Jesus. It'll make you praise him. It'll make you say, thank you, Jesus. You might be at Walmart and have a flashback and, and, and say hallelujah. And folk may look at you like you crazy, but they don't know your story. Come on, somebody. Listen, the altar is open. I don't know who this is for, but the altar is open first and foremost for salvation. If you are in this room today, if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, this is the greatest part of our service here is to offer Christ to you. If you need to know Jesus that I'm talking about and his wonder-working power, I'm here to let you know I don't care where you're at. I don't care what, you, what you've done. I don't care how bad it's been. Jesus can reach way down into the muck and mire and he can pick you up and set your feet upon a rock. He can turn your life around. Hallelujah. And old things will be passed away and all things will become new. I'm here to tell somebody in this room today, you need to surrender your all to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and he will make you clean inside. He sung it today. You're dirty, amen, but I'm telling you, Jesus can make you clean inside. He can make you whole inside. He can make you complete. Come on, if you don't know him as your Savior and as your Lord, right where you are, just say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I pray you forgive me of my sins. I pray you come into my heart. I pray, Jesus, that you forgive me of everything, God. I don't just pray and say, I'm sorry, Lord, but I repent. I turn from what I've been doing, and I'm turning to you, Jesus. You're the only way. Save me. Make me new. Make me clean. And Jesus will do it for you. Hallelujah. And if you've prayed that prayer, amen, you need to let us know because we celebrate it. For some, you may be backslidden. You may have turned and strayed from God, but you can come back to the Father like the prodigal son did. Amen. And just like that father saw his son coming from afar and took off running toward his son, I'm here to tell somebody, I don't care how bad it's been, Jesus will come running. Come on, somebody. He's already here. He don't even have to come running. Hallelujah. 
Just say, Lord, here I am. I'm coming back, Jesus. Save me. Creating me a clean heart. Renewing me a right spirit. There may be some in this room today, you desire special prayer. Listen, the altars are open right now. You're welcome to come to this altar today. Receive from God what you may need. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.